0: Hello and welcome to Forgotten Events. I am your host, Katie. Today's story takes us back to the start of the 20th century and runs through part of this century. This is the story of the Cecil Hotel Mysteries. In 1927, a budget-style hotel opened in downtown Los Angeles. It was called the Cecil. In addition to hosting many hotel-goers over the years, it is also famous for a list of deaths, some violence, and some suspicious activities. This reputation started in 1931. And at some point in time, the name was changed to Stay on Main Hotel, to distance itself from the reputation of the Cecil. Now I've come across a timeline. It includes murders and murderers associated with the Cecil Hotel. Everyone remembers Elizabeth Short, right? A murder victim dubbed by the media as the Black Dahlia. If you don't know about Elizabeth Short, you must research the story. It is a fascinating story. Short was reportedly seen at the Cecil's bar in the days shortly before her murder in January of 1947. However, I have to say, this information remains heavily disputed. It's not clear whether she was at the Cecil, near the Cecil, or related to the Cecil at that time. On June 4th in 1964, a hotel worker discovered Pigeon Goldie Osgood, a retired telephone operator, dead in her room. She had been raped, stabbed, and beaten, and her room looked to be ransacked. Hours after her murder, 29-year-old Jacques Ellinger was seen walking through Pershing Square in blood-stained clothing. He was arrested and eventually charged with Osgood's murder, but he was later cleared of that crime. To date, her murder remains unsolved. I mentioned earlier that the horrible reputation of the Cecil Hotel began in 1931. Well, I found a timeline of suicides and other deaths related to the Cecil that started in 1931. For instance, On November 19th of that year, W.K. Norton, 46, a Manhattan Beach resident, was found dead in his room after ingesting capsules filled with poison. Just one week prior, Norton had checked into the Cecil under the name James Willies, a resident of Chicago. Norton's death appears to be the earliest known suicide at the hotel. Then, in September of 1932, a maid while cleaning rooms found Benjamin Dodick, just 25 years old, dead from a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. He did not leave a suicide note. And in late July of 1934, former Army Medical Corps Sergeant Louis Borden, 53, was found dead in his room at the Cecil. He had slashed his throat with a razor. Borden left several notes, one of which cited poor health as the reason for his suicide. In May of 1937, Grace Magro fell from a ninth-story window at the hotel. Her fall was broken by telephone wires, which were wrapped around her body. She later died at the Georgia Street Receiving Hospital, and police were unable to determine whether Magro's death was the result of an accident or committing suicide. In January of 1938, United States Marine Corps fireman Roy Thompson, 35, jumped from Cecil's top floor and was found on the skylight of a neighboring building. He had been staying at the Cecil for several weeks. In May of 1939, Navy officer Erwin Neblett, 39, was found dead in his room after ingesting poison. In January of 1940, school teacher Dorothy Skiger, aged 45, ingested poison while staying at the Cecil and was reported by the LA Times to be near death. No further reports were published about her condition. Did she pass away from this event? Nobody really knows. Records show she passed on January 12th of that year. Four years later, in September of 1944, Dorothy Purcell, only 19 at the time, was sharing a room at the Cecil with her boyfriend Ben Levine, 38. Purcell, who had apparently been unaware that she was pregnant, went into labor. She later testified that she did not want to disturb the sleeping Levin, so she went into the bathroom where she gave birth to a baby boy. Thinking the baby was dead, She threw him out of the window, and he landed on the roof of an adjacent building. Purcell would be charged with murder. Three psychiatrists testified that she was mentally confused at the time of the baby's death, and in January of 1945, at her trial, she was found not guilty by reason of insanity. In November of 1947, Robert Smith, 35, died after jumping from one of Cecil's seventh-floor windows. And seven years later, on October 22nd in 1954, San Francisco stationery firm employee Helen Gurney, 55, jumped from the window of her seventh-floor room and landed on top of Cecil's marquee. Just one week prior, she had registered at the hotel under the name Margaret Brown. On February 11th in 1962, Julia Francis Moore, 50, jumped from the window of her eighth-floor room and landed in a second-story interior light well. She did not leave a suicide note, and among her possessions were a bus ticket from St. Louis. $0.59 cents in change, and an Illinois bank book showing a balance of $1,800, or $15,510 today. On October 12th in 1962, Pauline Otten, 27, after an argument with her estranged husband Dewey, jumped from the window of her ninth-floor room. Dewey had left the room prior to Otten's suicide. Otten landed on a pedestrian George Giannini, 65, killing them both instantly. As there were no witnesses, police initially thought Otten and Giannini committed suicide together. However, it was soon determined that Giannini had his hands in his pockets at the time of his death, and he was still wearing his shoes. Obviously, had he jumped, his shoes would have likely fallen off during the fall or upon impact, and his hands they would not have been in his pockets. On December twentieth, in nineteen seventy-five, a still unidentified woman, approximately twenty-three years old, jumped from her twelfth-floor window onto the Cecil second-floor roof. She had registered at the hotel four days earlier under the name Allison Lowell. On September first, in nineteen ninety-two. A man was found deceased in the alley behind the Cecil. Authorities believe the decedent either fell from, jumped from, or was pushed from the hotel's 15th floor. At the time of his death, the decedent was approximately 5 feet 9 inches tall and weighed around 185 pounds. The Los Angeles County Coroner's Office placed the decedent's age at 20 to 32 years. The true identity remains a mystery. This next victim is an interesting story. On February 19th in the year 2013, the naked body of Elisa Lamb, a 21-year-old Canadian student, was found inside one of the water supply tanks on the hotel's roof. She had gone missing almost three weeks earlier. Her decomposing body was discovered by a maintenance worker in one of the rooftop water tanks after guests had complained about low water pressure and water that tasted kind of funny. Authorities later ruled Lamb's death as an accidental drowning. Video surveillance footage taken from inside an elevator shortly before her disappearance showed her acting strangely, pressing multiple elevator buttons, hiding in the corner of the elevator, and waving her arms wildly, causing widespread speculation about the cause of her death. After the elevator video was released, many theories arose about Lam's death, she was reported to have had bipolar disorder for which she was prescribed various medications which could have contributed to her death as well as her strange behavior in the elevator. However, rumors persist that she died as a result of playing the elevator game. It's a paranormal urban legend that claims to take the player to another dimension. And I mean another dimension. I just had to research the elevator game. I hadn't heard of such a game. So here's what I discovered. First, it has to be the creepiest thing I've ever heard of. Don't play it. See, you enter an elevator alone and if, if any outsiders get on the elevator you have to start all over again try to keep up this is the craziest thing I've ever heard so you enter the elevator alone proceed to the fourth floor then you descend to the second floor then you proceed to the sixth floor return to that second floor ascend to the 10th floor and return to the fifth floor when you reach the fifth floor It's then that people report encountering a young woman. You're instructed not to look at or interact with her. She may or may not try talking to you, asking for help, or antagonizing you. Seriously, this is so crazy. Then you press the button for the first floor, and two things might happen. If the elevator descends to the first floor, you just exit immediately and you do not look back or speak. But if the elevator starts to go up, you've been allowed into, quote, the other world, end quote. When you reach the 10th floor, things might look slightly different. No one else will be there. The power might be out. Now, some players claim to look out windows and see only a red cross in the distance. If you choose to exit the elevator, you should ignore the woman's attempts to question or stop you. Now, that's the game, and it will never make sense to your humble host. I don't understand the game. Anyway, back to our story. On June thirteenth, 2015, the body of a 28-year-old man was found outside the hotel. Some thought he may have committed suicide by jumping from the hotel, although a spokesperson for the county coroner informed the LA Times that the cause of death had not yet been determined, and there's no follow-up at this point. So, it would appear that there have been at least 16 deaths at the Cecil resulting from non-natural causes, as a result of suicide, accident, murder. But this excludes the 1940 case I told you about with the school teacher Dorothy Skyger. She was reported to have been in critical condition after ingesting the poison at the hotel. There were no further reports as to whether she died as a result of that poison. But, as I mentioned, she did die on January 12th of that year, the same month that she was poisoned that would lead one to believe that she died from the poison. And for some additional interesting facts, the Cecil Hotel was the reported residence for serial killers Richard Ramirez in 1985 and Jack Unterweger in 1991. Thank you for listening to Forgotten Events. Stay tuned for our next episode.